0: Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 176th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revlet Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today
1: Kyle? I'm I'm doing great Cam. We're back in the studio. Oh yeah. We're on a little bit of an irregular schedule but we're back and that's great.
0: Yeah we had to pause the program for uh, COVID testing protocols but uh, negative tests, all good. Everybody's healthy, good to go. We're right back at it. Um, what do you think of that national championship game last
1: night? Uh, that was pretty good. Um, it was it was a very close game really throughout. Um, obviously, Jameson Williams going down was awful for Alabama, and it kind of felt like their offense really suffered after yeah. he was gone. Um, but. I mean, it's kind of cool to see Georgia win, though, and get that monkey off their back a little bit. And I don't know. I think they, I think they deserved it. They yeah. had an amazing season.
0: Yeah, it almost makes the SEC championship game seem a little fluky because mm-hmm. of how many points Georgia gave up when they never, they didn't give up anything like that all year. Um, I was kind of watching the game off and on because I was busy modding my PlayStation Three to play the new version of NCAA Football fourteen with mods called College Football Revamped. Actually one of our, we mentioned playing that video game before on the podcast and one of our listeners or watchers on YouTube, viewers they call them, uh, linked all the instructions to how to do this process. It's a little time consuming and complicated and I did give up once and had to start over and try again, but eventually I got it, so it was pretty cool.
1: How much time in total do you think you spent? between both times
0: both times combined i mean uh, some of it's idle just like waiting for stuff to download and whatnot but probably six hours nice Wait, you had a you had a like a give up and regroup yeah um i tried like probably a month ago or more okay and got to a point where i couldn't figure out what to do this thing that was supposed to happen kept failing and so i just gave up then i got the itch again oh. and i was like i'm going to try one more time look at you i got it to work good job it's really well done and i think they've actually uh, ea sports like hired some of the modders to work on the new college football video game so maybe that's a good sign mm, i can't wait for that um we have a lot to talk about we better we get better get into it lots of news lots of stuff already popping off in the college football off season big basketball game to talk about before we do any of that don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel and check out our patreon page just like tyler Harsel did big thank you to tyler who is our newest supporter at the ten dollar level he's already been in the discord chatting with everybody we love having him there thank you tyler Um, if you're interested go to patreon.com missouri sports pod First thing on my news list, Kyle, is Connor Bazelak, former quarterback, Missouri Tigers, going to the Big Ten, playing for the Indiana Hoosiers now. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a move that makes sense. You know, I think that it, it kind of made sense for him to move back a little bit closer to home and get a fresh start in a you know, kind of a, a Big Ten school, I guess, makes a lot of sense. So we will, we will see how he does. You know, I, I definitely think a a fresh start for basilak could be good i i I think he is a talented smart quarterback and maybe he was a little injured this year i don't know things obviously didn't go as planned this year but i i definitely think he can he can be very successful somewhere else and uh, we wish him the best
0: yeah um, it's unfortunate that it didn't end well um at mizzou i think the fan base was definitely ready to move on uh obviously a lot earlier than the coaching staff was but uh yeah i mean even up until the bowl game i mean through the bowl game he dressed for the bowl game said he wanted to be available if his team needed him yeah. and um hopefully he's got a good landing spot there in indiana i don't know anything about indiana's quarterback situation so
1: we'll They're see going either.
0: Uh, next thing gary pinkel you may have heard of him has been um it was announced that he's going to be in the college football hall of fame inducted into the college football hall of fame that's pretty cool very cool all-time wins leader at two different programs yeah
1: that's pretty rare
0: yeah um in the like announcement post there was kansas fans uh trying to discredit gary pinkle's achievements because he never won a conference championship
1: that sounds just like something something they would do
0: (laughs) why would they be talking about football of all things
1: I don't know. Probably them and uh, probably Terry. All of those. All of them working, working together. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh
0: man. Uh, Terry has been accused of being an undercover Kansas fan. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's actually the case. Um, next news item: the some folks named the Wittens gave a bunch of money to the Mizzou men's basketball program. Five point two million dollars, to be exact. And for that, they got the naming rights to, of all things, the men's basketball head coach position.
1: (laughs) I mean this is like (laughs) I mean this is next level weird to me. Like five point two million dollars to basically have to have the naming rights to the head basketball coach position. You know what five point two million dollars almost is? 6 million. You yeah. know what 6 million is? The exact buyout for Conzo Martin
0: for the Witten Family Men's Basketball head coach Conzo Martin. Thank
1: you. Uh, yeah, we we do things officially around here, so yes. that's that's his official name now. Uh I mean, what could we we may really want to use this money for some for something else. I don't know what that might be <laughs> in about 2 or 3 months.
0: It was kind of like uh eyebrow raising to see Conzo on twitter like thank them for this gift it's like <laughs> yeah like everybody reading that is like that's gonna go towards your bio right <laughs> there's <was> literally <laughs> people
1: in the yeah in the like direct replies like yeah this yeah it's going you're gonna get fired
0: but uh i had never heard of something like this before I've but it was here. pointed out to me um after the fact that this is becoming a popular thing in college sports it makes sense to some extent you know let companies or rich families put their name on stuff however you want to get money for the program that's fine Uh, if anybody from the witten family is listening to this we will happily be the witten family missouri sports podcast we will do anything Mm -hmm. name your price (laughs) and we'll do it
1: (laughs) um yeah it's a it's an interesting phenomena but hey whatever we'll take it uh, let's see here yeah, Missouri is 1-0 since
0: that happened too by the way that is true mm, Yeah. So. Witten Family Men's Basketball Head Coach Conzo Martin 1-0 a little
1: good, good luck charm
0: Uh, switching to football coaching Mizzou hired a defensive line coach formerly of Indiana Kevin Peoples but we're keeping Al Davis so Al Davis will be help me out interior defensive line mm-hmm. Kevin Peoples will be edge rushers defensive ends so i guess um i read later uh, dave matter tweeted that al davis have has worked specifically with interior defensive linemen before so that he's not a stranger to having the d-line split up between two coaches and also these two coaches have a history together kevin peoples was actually al davis's defensive line coach when davis played at arkansas so they they probably get along pretty well at first glance, this seemed like a really weird thing, but I, at more as more information came out, I think it makes sense.
1: Yeah, as we've gotten more background information, I, I guess I agree it's a little less weird, but when it first came out, it was just uh, Missouri is hiring uh, what's his name, Kevin Peoples, mm-hmm. as a defensive line coach, and there was no other news on Al Davis. There's no other information at all. That's all we knew, yeah. and it was like, uh, we have a defensive line coach, as far as I know, And Al Davis did a fantastic job taking over for Jethro Jethro Franklin Mm mid-season. Trench mob, thank you very much. Um, And I was kind of like, well, I think they promoted him officially in December? Yeah. Like, you know, he's only been on the job for a month. What's going on? But I guess this makes a little bit more sense, and some of the background information is is good to know. So I still think it's a little bit strange to have two defensive line coaches no offensive coordinators in sight but a lot of a lot of defensive staff members well they'll get a they'll get a staff coach Drink will get a staff that he likes
0: that he can roll with for multiple seasons hopefully at some point although some staff members were getting uh, hired by other programs which is usually a good thing but you'd like to see a little bit of consistency at least from one year to the next eventually um Looking at the football schedule for next year, there's been a change. Um, the season was supposed to open with a road matchup against Middle Tennessee State, but that game is being replaced with a home game with uh, Louisiana Tech.
1: Yeah, I think this is um, this is great news. Uh, I don't think Missouri should ever be going on the road to play a game against a non Power Five opponent. Uh, I thought it was weird whenever we went to Wyoming, even before we lost the game. I was like, why are we doing this? Uh, we should never be Especially going to... Especially a m- place that's like
0: notoriously difficult to go in play. In so
1: far away. And uh, I thought the same about Middle Tennessee State. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense. I know we scheduled a home-and-home or whatever. We actually lost the, the game <laughs> the <home> against game. <laughs> them in 2016 or whenever that was, homecoming. We lost to Middle Tennessee State, and then we were going to go play at their stadium next next year which just made no sense at all um and so missouri was going to start the year off with two away games they're going to go to middle tennessee state and then they had a game at kansas state after that it's just not an ideal way to start a season with two road games especially if one of those games doesn't go as you expect it and you lose then you maybe don't get as strong of a home crowd to start the year right i don't know all around this is just this is far far better and i'm assuming they had to just pay to get out of this game that's what i'm thinking and uh honestly i think this is a great move by the new ad though i'm 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 all about it yeah unfortunately there's still
0: some i think there still are some road like uh non power five games on the future schedules um maybe they'll try to get out of more of those which would be okay with me but that gets expensive after a while
1: it almost felt weird going to boston college even though they are a power five team but which i was i was fine that's fine We we did lose that game, but...
0: And we talked about... I mean, and Coach Drink talked about... uh, It was made headlines back when the game happened about the fact that Missouri doesn't recruit a lot of players from Massachusetts. The same can be said about Wyoming. Um, Tennessee makes more sense, but let's just stick to home games, especially to open the season. And Louisiana Tech uh, was last in the Conference USA West division this past season. So... Hopefully, we'll be starting out with a win. Um, Speaking of changes to the football team, uh, we've had some transfers in. We've had some offers go out to transfers from other programs, and we had two commitments, one from defensive tackle Jaden Jernigan from Oklahoma State and another from defensive back Drayden Norwood from Texas A&M. So, some reinforcements on the defensive side.
1: Yeah, uh, Jaden Jernigan specifically is a, is a huge addition. It's going to be um, immediate impact. Um, he was uh, a consistent contributor for Oklahoma State this year. He was a top 10 team. Um, that was not a transfer that they wanted to lose. I feel right. a lo- like a lot of times, transfers are uh, not going to get a lot of playing time in their current situation, or maybe they're... I don't know. It's a lot of times for teams, addition by subtraction when players transfer out. And that was not at all the case here with Jernigan and Oklahoma State. So I don't know how that comes together. I don't know why he wanted to transfer, but it's great news for Missouri. Uh, Norwood is from Arkansas. He was the number one recruit in Arkansas, according to 24-7 Sports, in 2021 class. So just, I guess, last recruiting cycle and he went to Texas A&M didn't play um a a lot of freshmen don't especially at a place like A&M where they're bringing in I mean they had the number one recruiting class this year so they're bringing in unlimited talent it's really hard to see the field as a freshman so um he's got four years of eligibility I believe and so that's another great addition
0: and then there was some offers handed out to some fairly big name transfers um a running back transfer from Stanford, Nathaniel Pete, who is originally from Columbia, played high school ball at Rockbridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seems like a pretty decent shot there. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit bigger deal might be the Combo USC, that's Southern California, transfers quarterback Jackson Dart and tight end Mike Trigg. Both announced that they are in the transfer portal both got a quick follow from Eli Drinkwitz and um, Jackson Dart the quarterback followed him back on Twitter and the uh, Mizzou Twitter f- saw this and now they are replying with Mizzou GIFs under every single one of his tweets.
1: You got to love Mizzou Twitter man. They are
0: I don't I don't know if the like Twitter algorithm knows that I follow Mizzou stuff so they put the Mizzou replies higher the up, is I, that? I believe the case? that's a thing, okay. yes. Because you look
1: and it's just like dozens of yeah.
0: mizzou tweets
1: yeah it's probably people that you have in a very roundabout way interacted yeah. with or interact with the same tweets or follow the same people that kind of stuff right so that is probably true but i do think that missouri twitter does a fantastic job yeah. uh doing their part in recruiting right um yeah a quick note on nathaniel pete um yeah from rockbridge you mentioned that uh put up a l- big numbers in high school very productive running back uh, he has been pretty good at Stanford, uh, mainly in the like kick return game. He's been pretty electric in, in the return game. So if he were to come back home to Missouri, maybe that's something that he could do really, really well, which I'd be totally fine with it. Just having a, you know, really consistent, dependable punt return, kick return guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is speaking of punt return. I don't even, this is completely unrelated. I, I just thought of this, you know, Luther Burden returns punts. Yeah. He's great at it. I don't know if I want Luther Burden returning punts. You know, that's kind of a dangerous job that a lot of times is very hard to get any reward whatsoever in the punt game, even whenever you're great at it. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's somebody that maybe is a little less critical to the success of the offense that can still be really, really good at returning punts or kicks, I think that that's a very important role. Yeah um you know we have a lot of running backs in the room right now I don't know that we really are in desperate need of adding a transfer running back but it wouldn't be I I wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, Missouri did land Nathaniel Pete
0: yeah um adding a adding a running back that is coming from a power five program that's a local kid um I don't know I think maybe coach Drinkwitz and the offensive staff are still trying to figure out what exactly they have for running back next year yeah um because we didn't see much from any of the backups this past season
1: that's true it could kind of be just to get a bunch of guys in the room and see who stands out yeah
0: um so yeah so wh- what do you think are you are you
1: saying all aboard on these usc transfers i don't know if i know enough about them to really um have an opinion one way or the other but um i th- if, if coach Trinkwitz feels confident and you know bringing in a transfer quarterback uh, a guy who's been successful uh i think i think i'm i'm all for it um i think we talked a little bit about um that these are human beings we're dealing with and you don't want to just bring in a guy just to bring in a guy and mess up um any chemistry in the room and that's a very important position Mm -hmm. and uh, you want to get it right and there's a lot of talent in that room of guys that have already been here And, uh, so you don't want to mess that up, but if you can bring in a guy who's going to make a difference and can make your team better, then obviously that's something you're going to want to look at.
0: And the tight end position got even more important because, um, Nico Hay has medically retired. So the tight end room is very thin, uh, bringing in a guy from USC, a tight end, even without the quarterback, that
1: sounds pretty good. That almost might be more important. Um yeah, the the tight end room is kind of scary right now. Um I mean we saw so Nico Hay has medically retired. We saw Daniel Parker Junior uh transferred to Oklahoma, Messiah Swenson transferred to Arizona State, I think. I, I don't remember. I'm not one hundred percent sure where he transferred, but he is not at Missouri anymore. So that leaves uh I guess he's going to be a either redshirt freshman or yeah. sophomore uh Ryan Horse Camp. Yeah and true freshman max Max wisner Wisner. yeah yeah so uh and also gavin mckay so who's like who's going to be a freshman still next year so three very young guys with very little game experience i think missouri has to add a transfer tight end like no matter what i don't it doesn't matter who it is they need somebody with game experience
0: well there was a a guy that ended up committing to akron well he committed to mizzou yeah. on it was twitter a whole debacle but mizzou was not ready to commit to him
1: yeah I, tj banks i believe is his name yeah put out a commitment graphic which, where was uh, he coming from uh west virginia right. i think right. and it was an, obviously not a like normal mizzou commitment graphic and we quickly learned that he was not didn't really have a committable offer so he deletes the tweet ends up committing to akron a few days later um it sounded like Missouri was uh, really hot on the trail of Jake Tungs, yep, I believe was his name, from California, yep. who ends up then announcing he's going to the NFL. Yeah. And so not- he,
0: like, entered the transfer portal, but also might have gone to the NFL. That was always a possibility. Yeah.
1: And it sounded like Missouri was, felt really good about landing mm-hmm. him. And so uh, whenever he went to the NFL, now they don't have TJ Banks either because he's now gone to Akron. So... We got to find somebody and that room is it's it's interesting yeah
0: maybe call up tj and be like hey (laughs) you know now now that offer is committable uh sorry akron um okay uh let me i'm gonna make sure we i'm gonna leave the, the the juiciest bit of news here for last so a couple other things personnel wise case cook uh officially made it official he's not returning to mizzou um, Barrett Bannister, however, is returning for his 19th season as a Missouri Tiger. Old
1: man Bannister. It's what I'm going to start calling him from now on. I swear to God, he's older than us, and he's still playing football for <laughs> in college.
0: I thought for sure he was out of eligibility. Oh, me
1: too. I thought he'd been here already like six years. Yeah. Like actually, right. six years.
0: But no, and I'll take him we'll in take a heartbeat. Yeah.
1: We're, 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 make no mistake, we're happy about yes. it. Yes. We're glad he's coming back. He's the a
0: surprise. He's a
1: third down machine. But a welcome one.
0: Yeah. Keep throwing it to him um okay so the big news of the week this this was a bit of a heartbreaker um thank goodness we've got uh jernigan coming over from oklahoma state oh my god seriously because makai wingo at first team all freshmen sec has entered the transfer portal
1: so I know we're recording a little bit late because we were sick and everything last week. So this is a little bit of old news at this point. This has been beaten to death on Mizzou, the internet channels, and so you know we won't hover too long, I guess, on this on this topic. Oh, um, we'll see. We'll see. We might get me going, but I have to say this is a fairly devastating transaction that uh, Wingo is going to be moving on. Is it weird that it's just said transaction? No, it's a business, Kyle. <laughs> I. Yeah, a turn of events. Um, it it seems, it was very shocking. I'll just put it that way. Uh, a, I mean, true freshman who was not a super highly ranked recruit. He was a three star, um, a little bit undersized for a defensive tackle, but he came in and he, you know, he's a, he worked really hard. He, crazy weight room guy, super strong. Um, and he ended up, you know, being pretty athletic, good uh, good footwork and all that stuff. So he found his way onto the field early and often and ended up being one of our most dependable linemen. Seems like a situation where you're never going to lose that guy Right in the transfer portal. He's getting all the playing time he wants. He's from Missouri. Why would this person leave? I mean, I can't he, he think. He didn't have
0: huge offers out of high school. No.
1: I really can't think of a more surprising transfer in a long time. You'd have to go all the way back to, like, Axel of Congo on the basketball side. No, that was shocking and even more devastating. But we've we've tried to bury that, Cam. We don't want to bring that I'm back I'm sorry up. for bringing it up. Yeah, you should be. Anyways, uh, so there's a there's a school in Baton Rouge called LSU. Mm. Uh, Robert Steeples works there as a defensive whatever. Yeah. He's on staff. Yeah. He used to be the coach at DeSmet. Mm-hmm. When Mackie Wingo was there, I believe. Some people
0: call him Mackay, but.
1: Well, I told you, we're not going to pronounce his name right anymore. I don't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, you're right. Uh, Mackay Wingo <laughs> is uh, knows r- steeples pretty well. And yeah. so it seems like that may be the, the move. And uh, I don't know if there was tampering involved. I don't know. What, do you, what is it, what is tampering? I would just say is, tampering is whenever the coaches are having communication with a student. Is that a real thing that's uh, against the rules, though? At Mizzou. I, yeah, I think it is. I think that he has to declare he's in the transfer portal before he can have communication with other coaches. And it, I don't know that for 100% sure. Yeah. I don't know exactly all the ins and outs, but I believe if he were to be contacted by another school while he's still at Mizzou, enrolled, all that stuff, I believe that's tampering. Yeah.
0: I'll be completely honest. It I happens, don't really so. care about tampering. Um it's just it's frustrating when it when it's one of your guys leaving. It is. And like you said, you know a guy that had football wise, he had all the playing time he could possibly want ahead of him. And you know, it's not often that like a, you know, a an alignment on the offense or defense is in a position to maybe start like every game for four seasons. Right. And it does seem a little weird with his measurables, like a move to like an LSU for like a, just a, a guy that has elite measurables, but maybe hadn't put it together yet. He puts it together at Mizzou, then maybe moves on to just like guarantee himself a first round draft pick situation. I don't know. Can, I don't know if Wingo can be like, I don't know. Prove me wrong. I'm going to be rooting for you, believe it or not. But, can he put it all together to be a high NFL draft pick with his measurables?
1: Yeah, first of all, it is like a completely unprecedented for like a freshman to come in and be the best defensive line player that we have. I mean, that, yeah. that never happens. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, yes, I still think that if there's a chance that he could go on to LSU, be great, be very productive, even with maybe a little bit undersized measurables. I mean, you don't you don't want to count somebody out like that. Um, because he is a great athlete still. I mean, it's not like he's slow or anything. He, sure. He's he's very quick. He's he's agile and um, he's v- incredibly strong. But I, I you know I do agree in, in some respect that I think at least maybe in his first season over at LSU he could struggle to find play, consistent playing time. Um, they get the guys they want at LSU, and those guys measurable wise are exactly what you want in an NFL defensive lineman typically and uh I, I do i really do think that it's it's possible that he m- may have to uh see less playing time at least in that first season or two at lsu it should be interesting I, I definitely don't i don't see it him having the same playing time that he would at mizzou right i mean there's just
0: gonna be more competition i mean the defensive line was already a little bit of a thin area for mizzou right and you know, we're not going to be bringing in five star guys at that position anytime soon. Right.
1: It is very possible that, um, maybe, uh, Wingo just wasn't happy here. Uh, there's, I mean, he's basically said that. Yeah. It's very possible that maybe he just didn't vibe with the coaching staff anymore. Uh, you know, the, uh, Jeffro Frank Franklin was probably who recruited him to some extent. Yeah. He's not here anymore. Right. So, uh, you know, things do happen and college football, uh, there's a lot of turnover with assistant coaches and all that. And it seems weird, you know. I think he did mention looking for some some stability. It seems a little bit weird to transfer look for stability towards, in the transfer portal, yeah. mm-hmm. but I don't know. Maybe you know would, he was he was on campus for an entire year. That's a long time it, to be somewhere that if you're not if you're not happy, yeah, yeah. So whatever, <laughs> it's 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 been a weird week, uh, and from a fan's perspective, it hurts, and that it's it's devastating um, from a defensive standpoint, but. I hope that he is successful wherever he ends up. He did mention a top four of LSU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and somewhere else that he's probably not going to go. Yeah. What was it? I can't remember. I don't remember, but it was a pretty lofty yeah, destination. A premier program. Yeah. Um, I, if he goes to Arkansas, I will not be happy. Yeah, about that, that <laughs> would suck.
0: Um, yeah, transfers in general are not usually all that surprising so I think that's why this one and definitely caught everybody off guard usually you see the writing yeah, on the wall to some exactly. extent um, okay so that kind of brings us to you know in with this conversation with him transferring there's a, little, there's a little bit of saltiness from the Mizzou fan base a little bit of pettiness talking about tampering talking about oh did he have a uh, NIL offer to get paid somewhere else to transfer there Um, and there's just, I think there's a lot of hand wringing on Twitter right now regarding the transfer portal, um, and NIL and is college football going to collapse because of these two new things that have, that we haven't figured out exactly how they're going to work. And Dave matter posted a poll on Twitter and it. It only, I say only because he has a ton of followers, but um, it only got 3,000, a little over 3,000 votes, but 53% of people said, yes, NIL slash transfer portal will destroy college sports.
1: So the question was,
0: will it destroy college sports? And 53% said yes. And the context of the poll was that Dave Matter had come from an event where people all they were talking about was how nil transfer portal it's going to destroy college sports
1: uh yeah i mean i obviously would have said no (laughs) to that poll um resoundingly yeah and i think a lot of it is because it was a knee-jerk reaction to the wingo transfer and we have absolutely no idea if nil was was involved in that whatsoever it may have been um and he hasn't even announced where he's going yet. So, I mean, maybe he already knows. But um, I think if you ask that, if he put out that poll, like, you know, two weeks ago, I don't I, I don't think that yes, it's 53%.
0: Yeah, probably be 53% the other way at least. Probably. Um, well, what do you make generally of the environment right now?
1: It Okay. I mean, things are changing. And it, it is a little bit of an adjustment. It's a little bit. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, fun. It's fun, though. All the stuff going on. And in my opinion, I believe that the industry of college football, these, the administration of the NCAA, the coaches, that's where all the money is. They're exploiting free labor, basically, of these college athletes who are making them all this money with literally nothing financially in return except for a scholarship. In my opinion, I think these players deserve to be compensated for the business – they are basically yeah. the star of. Right. And so I think it's a good thing for these athletes to be uh, rewarded for that. I, and I don't care what they spend their money on. Uh, if it's uh, some fancy car, so be it. Yeah. Adults do that too. Right. What difference does it make? Um, yeah. I don't care what they spend their money on. I think that's just, I think that's where we are now. And I think that's a good change that's happened um, for for those individuals. Now, Recruiting wise, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west right now. It's not doesn't seem super regulated. I don't know if more regulation will come at some point, but I do think that NIL can hurt Missouri, but I also think that it helps Missouri in a lot of ways too. And I'm sure Luther Burden is somebody you guys have heard of, and I don't think he's at Missouri without NIL. And so it goes both ways. Missouri's gonna lose guys. They're gonna get guys in NIL. Yes, yeah. I really don't think that it's gonna make as big of a difference as some people think.
0: I'm going to tell you real quick what Nick Saban had to say. Uh, This is a a tweet from Ross Dellinger on Twitter. He uh, quoted Nick Saban. Saban says, Name, image, and likeness is a positive thing for players. They've got the opportunity to earn money. I don't think that's a bad thing. What is concerning is how it is being used to get players to decide where they're going to school. I don't think that was the intention, end quote. Now I think he's referring to uh, the situation with Deion Sanders, um, hmm. just outright snatching Flipping five-star people. players from uh, premier programs, but uh, specifically his alma mater. But um, so I think that's maybe more of what where he was going with that. But um, I just thought I don't know that seems a little disingenuous for him to think that that wouldn't be involved it in seems recruiting. Incredibly mm.
1: naive of him to. To think that that wasn't going to be the direction that it went. And honestly, I can see why Nick Saban's salty about it because he has a stranglehold on recruiting as it is. (laughs) And things are going to change now where some of those top players have the ability to go somewhere else, a lower level of college football, if you want to say that, Mm -hmm. and make money and be successful in that way. And it just creates an opportunity for maybe a school like Missouri to go up and grab a five-star Luther Burden um, because he can stay home and make a lot of money with with NIL and I don't know I I can see why some of the top programs don't really like that because maybe they're losing out on on players they would have no trouble getting in the first place like before NIL right right
0: yeah and it always goes back to me when people are worried about you know the um, concentration of power in college football at the top that was already happening. Right. So it really couldn't get any worse. Exactly. What difference that does it make? So let's So tr- let's I mean, this new change it, it couldn't really make Alabama the Alabamas, the Georgia's Ohio States more dominant. Right.
1: I mean, Alabama and Georgia just played for the national championship last night. Right. They are miles beyond any other team in college football and NIL didn't exist until a few months ago. Um, the, all, those, those programs got any player yeah. they wanted. So any change, in my opinion, is good change right. to try and yeah. just give somebody else a chance, Yeah. so.
0: No, I agree with you. I thought you might um, give me a take to argue against, but shockingly, we're on the same page on this issue. Um, I think there's a, a little bit of hysteria just because it is a change. It's a new thing that people are going to have to get used to. And we don't exactly know the ins and outs of it. Honestly, we don't know how everything works behind the scenes. Yeah. So there being a little bit of mystery to NIL, Mm -hmm. you know, functionality in like how the money moves (laughs) around. Like we know kids can sell shirts. Like that's the most, that's the easiest thing to see happening. Right. Transparently. But we don't know what, you know, Car dealerships and stuff are doing behind sure. the scenes a little bit more.
1: We also didn't know what was happening beforehand either, and yeah. and there was probably a lot of shady stuff going on. And I don't want to get like too political about this, but I mean, nil hopefully kind of at least diminishes the kind of that black market of like what's going on under the table and brings these things to uh, more of a public domain where it's you know actual business. Like right. these players are going to represent my company in advertising, and we'll compensate them and. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a step in the right direction. It's, it is chaotic right now, but I think that it'll just become uh, normal at some point. And uh, I think that we're going to be happy that it exists um, yeah. at least eventually.
0: And personally, I think the chaos is pretty fun. Um, make college
1: football a year round thing to follow. Yeah. yeah sign me up for that. Are you mad that a five-star wide receiver went to Jackson state yeah. instead of like where Florida yeah. state right. like that? Who thinks that's bad right exactly i think that's fun yeah
0: absolutely um if missouri is in the mix for a five-star player and we lose them so be it we weren't getting very many of them to start with (laughs) um last bit of news here is that kobe brown from the basketball team from the missouri tiger basketball team was named sec player of the week why how could that have happened well let us tell you mizzou basketball upset number 15 alabama 92 to 86
1: that was a fun game wow that was a very entertaining game and i did not see that coming in a million years
0: both defenses kind of just laid down a bit and just let the offenses do whatever they wanted and kobe brown was like okay i'll do that which
1: you think that would be a horrible thing for missouri right to be in a shootout with alabama it's like right. you think one of the worst teams to be in a shootout with yeah
0: but uh, it worked out just fine. And Missouri was shorthanded. We knew, uh, we thought they were going to be without three players, but it was just Amari Davis and Anton Brookshire that didn't suit up. I'm because glad, of,
1: I'm glad Coleman played too, because I think there was some suspicion that it was Coleman who was the third, or maybe it was Dewan Gordon who was yeah, the third I guy. Know. and Because uh, he wasn't out at warm-ups or something right. like that at, at first before the game, and he ended up having a great game. So I'm glad we had him. Yeah, this was a
0: super entertaining game. Um, Missouri started out the game on a 9-0 run but then Alabama went on a 14 to two run. They eventually had a 43 to 37 lead, but then Missouri for once went on a massive 27 to eight run. Usually uh, Missouri's on the bad end of those monster runs, but uh, we got one here and then Missouri was able to hold on and win. And like I said, they were just able to get both teams to some extent, but Missouri was able to get just about whatever they wanted in the paint especially kobe brown 30 points 13 rebounds and four assists yeah um obviously we mentioned sec player of the week but man he really showed up and uh if there was any doubt i don't think there was any doubt before this that this is his team but man he really showed it
1: yeah yeah he was phenomenal and really i mean just the whole team was playing fluidly um they still i don't know how well exactly they shot but they shot better than they typically do i think they made nine threes yeah
0: way better nine for 24 that's uh 38 yeah that's way better than
1: normal uh trevin brazil looks amazing he's like out there blocking shots he's versatile he's he can score um
0: for a true freshman that we thought was a project wow wow
1: unbelievably high ceiling yeah
0: um let's see here yeah you mentioned coleman 18 points eight rebounds six assists that's like a that's like a drew smith stat line yeah uh he was four of 11 from three uh some huge three-pointers uh javon pickett with 15 points gordon with 15 points and then uh, yeah brazil 9.7 rebounds
1: three blocks yeah true freshman um nate otis still not one at mizzou arena it's his kryptonite yeah i guess so Incredible. It's like uh Mizzou and Ole Miss or something. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um Missouri out rebounded Alabama 43 to 31. They uh had an assist rate, so they assisted on 61% of their made baskets. Um they had done uh, 60% against northern Illinois and 54% against Kansas, but 61% that's a good number. Uh, this Mizzou team is not. They don't really have an, uh, an assist guy. They don't have a distributor. You know, um, Coleman is okay at that. Kobe Brown, honestly, pretty good, but we need him to score. He had one incredible pass, bounce pass from like under the basket to Coleman at the three-point line. Coleman knocked down the three. That was a beautiful play.
1: That was. Um, I even thought Caleb Brown played pretty well in this yeah. game, Like, um, just kind of distributing a little bit, just kind of running the floor, um, not doing anything too crazy obviously didn't provide a huge scoring punch or anything but just uh didn't turn the ball ball over a whole lot or anything just kind of needed a very basic point guard performance just to kind of get the others involved
0: yeah he played 18 minutes uh only turned the ball over once i'll take that with you know sort of kind of the point guard by committee situation we have um that'll work um the main thing i wanted to ask you um about this game is this may be a little too extreme of a question, but do we owe Kobe Brown an apology? Um, The reason I say that is we have kind of talked about him as a guy that you probably don't want to be the best player on your team. Like we've, I think I have thought that about this Kobe Brown this season. Is he, the best player on an NCAA tournament team. I think before this game, I probably would have said no, but he's a strong contributor, obviously who could be a vital piece of getting you there. I don't think I would have been comfortable with him being the best player on the team, but he showed that he could be the best player. If you surround him with shooters and like a, a rim protector at the five spot, then this team has something going on yeah i mean we don't have a team full of shooters we just yeah. have a team that happened to shoot well tonight mm-hmm. or against alabama <laughs> and then we have brazil who is a rim protector for right. sure
1: yeah um, i don't know it's kind of a trick question um you know we for the most part have been on kobe's side i think and yeah maybe the most harsh thing we have said is that he probably shouldn't be your best player um yeah i mean that's a great question if missouri has a better offense around him then maybe he's dominant not this dominant but he's maybe he's very productive game in and game out um just when you've got some floor stretchers who are you know if, if the if the opposing defense knows we're going to kobe brown every play then yeah i don't know that he is would have the ability to supersede something like that i don't think he's dominant enough to do that but when the attention's not on him 100 percent of the time when guys are knocking down threes and the defense has to step out Um, Then yeah, I mean clearly that look I mean that opened things up so much just by Missouri making a few threes just Proving that the defense has to step out and guard them opened everything up. Yeah It looked like Konzo Martin's offense was like, oh wow, this actually works whenever people make shots Um, and again, this is one game, but it looked like a completely different team It looked like Konzo Martin knows what he's doing and he knows how to design an offense just by some people knocking down shots. So, um, I don't know. I guess maybe we uh, owe Kobe an apology. But I don't know that he can... a little bit strong words, but... I don't know that he can continue to um, win games by himself, though. No.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's the thing. He's not going to win games by himself. He needs guys knocking down threes um, to make it work. And obviously, when he has an off game... Somebody else is going to have to step up and I don't see anybody, you know Coleman having a good game. I think is a direct result of how dominant Kobe was He was drawing the defense into the paint and kicking it out And if you can make
1: the shots, you know, yeah Coleman was wide open on some of those threes. Yeah So I mean has Missouri taken a step here or is this just a complete outlier of, of our performance? I mean, are they starting to gel a little bit? I can we get excited about this or I mean there's so many questions from I mean this is a insanely good win I mean Alabama's a really good team yeah this is um, I mean from
0: Alabama's point of view this loss is like harmful to their resume (laughs) (laughs) so I I, I don't know it's like losing to UMKC or something yeah Um, is this something we can expect moving forward probably not I mean we've got You know, 13 other games where Missouri can't shoot the ball. Um, At least this is a new ceiling for this team where if some shooters can knock down open threes, then it seems like we could be competitive with just about anybody in the SEC at least. Um, We'll see. We've got a home matchup with Auburn um, in a week or two. That'll be a game that I think... Auburn looks really good. That'll be a game to compare against this home game against alabama i
1: think auburn might be the best team in the sec yeah
0: i'm, I'm kind of coming around to that as well um yeah i just don't see it sustainable i mean shoot they shot 38 from three and moved all the way up to 352nd in the country in three-point shooting offense
1: yeah i still think they've got to be better defensively honestly for sure yeah uh, especially i mean they're they're never going to do this ever again in my yeah. opinion this offensive Explosion! I'm pretty sure that pretty sure they scored more points against Alabama than Paul Quinn. I could be wrong about that, but it was r- roughly a, the same yeah. amount of points.
0: Yeah, one more point against Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they scored 91 against Paul. Wow, well,
1: you looked that up really fast. Um, yeah, I just I don't think that's uh, sustainable, especially the way they're playing defense. I think they they just have to get a lot better to be able to consistently beat um, SEC level teams.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean. Coming away with the win kind of overshadows everything, but the defense, just like Alabama's uh, defense was letting Missouri have whatever they want, Javon Quinterly was just driving for layups over and over and over again. Mm. Um, So that's clearly not sustainable. He was just getting into the paint and then finding guys or just finishing himself. I mean, yeah, the defense, uh, I don't know what's up with it. I mean, even with Brazil in the lineup, it's still it's it's a struggle um missouri's offense yeah their offensive efficiency on Ken jumped like 30 spots and their defense efficiency dropped like 10 spots wow so
1: and i would expect alabama's offense is pretty high yeah so yeah it would have to be a horrible defensive performance
0: uh alabama is yeah ninth or eighth uh, offensive efficiency wow. so yeah. but i mean both teams just kind of driving for layups over and over I again
1: yes well it was a very fun game to watch
0: absolutely um yeah so mizzou improves to seven and seven overall now one and one in sec play um yeah and they went from uh, 161 in kim to 148
1: has anything changed with uh konza martin
0: oh you mean like his uh, his, hot, his, his, his
1: hot job seat i mean he's still, uh, he's still in the hot seat but i mean has anything in your mind changed whatsoever that he can salvage this his season, uh, the, his, his, uh, his job security. I mean,
0: no. I mean, c- could they? They'd have to like go 500 in yeah. conference play. I agree. And that's not going to happen. Um, hang on, one more thing I was going to say. Um, I don't know what it was. Oh, minutes. So down two guys that usually are in that. 20 to 30 minute per game range and their minutes just get absorbed by everybody else you know kind of like we talked about last time we recorded let's find seven or eight guys let's give five guys 30 to 35 minutes a game that's kind of what happened in this game yeah Amari Davis is
1: probably going like oh
0: shoot yeah
1: I just lose my job (laughs) no I agree with you though I mean uh, I think we've always talked about that that I think we wished Konza Martin would kind of uh, make the rotation a little smaller, mm-hmm. really ride your best players. You don't need to play 10 guys. You don't need to play Wilmore. Um, <laughs> That's for know, sure. Just really uh, let your best players uh, play the majority of the minutes. Yeah. Seems yeah. pretty obvious. Seems pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. And it works really well in this game. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, okay. So uh, coming up on the schedule, we have a road matchup with Arkansas. Arkansas ten and five on the season, 0 and three in SEC play.
1: Yeah, they've kind of been struggling recently.
0: Uh fifty-fourth in Kim Pum, uh forty sixth on offense, seventy eighth on defense. Yeah, they've lost five of their last six, including to one hundred and twenty third ranked Hofstra. So there's a chance. At home
1: against Hofstra? I would no, assume. it was uh oh. it was a neutral site. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is very good at home. Um, so I would be I I don't know. I still think this will be a, a very difficult game, but um, they re- they have definitely shown some weakness. I think th- they started off the year very hot, but they didn't play anybody. They're playing all terrible teams.
0: <laughs> yeah, they play. They had like seven games against 200 plus Kimpom teams. Yikes. Um, they their offense is like. Pretty terrible at shooting threes. Not as bad as Missouri's, obviously, but um, they make up for it with their paint scoring. Um, they've got, like, mid-range type guards that shoot a lot of twos. Um, J.D. Note uh, is their
1: senior. He killed us last year in the yeah. SEC tournament game.
0: Yeah. He uh, transferred in from, like, Jacksonville, I think. I don't know if it's Jacksonville State or University of Jacksonville, but...
1: I think it's Jacksonville State.
0: Sounds about right. I don't know. They have obviously a bunch of transfers. Uh, Musselman he loves is, doing that. He's known for that. Um, although Conzo uh, is like going step for step with him this year with the Missouri squad. bunch of transfers there. Um, they, I don't know. They're just pretty solid. They have lost some close games. They lost a they had a one point loss against Vanderbilt, uh, five point loss against Texas A and M. Uh, two-point loss to Oklahoma so they're in every game they're f- crazy fast tempo so I could really see them just especially them playing at home I could see it getting away from Missouri pretty pretty quick yeah. if if Missouri starts out cold at all I think it could just get out of hand in a hurry
1: yeah I wouldn't be surprised at all this is a 12 to 15 point game uh, when it's all said and done but I man if Missouri can keep up some kind of offensive, um I don't know efficiency yeah. uh literacy <laughs> <laughs> uh this could be a really fun game. Um, I mean similar to the Arkansas to the Alabama game yeah um, just maybe a little less offensive power but I mean that's the high tempo high scoring it could be that if Missouri continues to shoot okay and continues to run good offense and uh, but I don't know I just don't know if I see it two games in a row.
0: <laughs> no probably not um do you think we need to, give jordan wilmore some minutes considering uh arkansas has seven foot three connor vanover no okay
1: way. we'll see how vanover is not even like an inside player <laughs> okay
0: he just shoots threes <laughs> yeah he's like he uh on the season he's a one for 12 from three
1: really yeah uh, didn't he make like he's seven a, in a game against yeah. us last year or something? he's not playing a
0: ton of minutes this year Interesting. I, I think he's maybe missed time with injury as well okay um yeah, yeah. he is not a, a, not a huge factor he's for a them. stretch
1: uh seven three guy <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Um Arkansas got a lot of, you know, shifty guards. They've got one guy, um Chris Likes, who is of course a transfer. Um he is 5 foot 7. You you heard me. Uh but he, he's kind of he hasn't done so well in SEC play. He had some really good games in non-conference,
1: but honestly, I could see him SEC players are a little taller. Potentially, I want to see Jordan Wilmore standing next to, standing next <laughs> yeah,
0: to this definitely. fella. Somebody in attendance needs to get a picture of that. <laughs> um, he's pretty crafty, though, and he is not afraid to shoot threes. He'll shoot from way beyond the three-point line. Um, he hasn't been getting as many minutes in SEC play, but I don't know. When you've got like hard-nosed guards, I feel like that's... Uh, an area I mean we saw Javon Quinterly just dice up the Missouri offense or Missouri defense and get to the rim whenever he wanted so I'm afraid we're going to see more of that from the Arkansas guards and uh, probably a lot of transition baskets off of uh, Missouri missed shots as well
1: yeah Missouri's got to figure out um, I feel like that happened a lot against Kentucky just those long rebounds um, you know brick and threes all day and then so of course the ball bricks off the rim really far and then it just creates like a fast break opportunity like they've got to be aware of that and get back faster so i don't know whatever you do to stop um those transition transition buckets they they have to do i mean i don't know how i I think they did maybe well they were making more shots against yeah exactly against alabama so they didn't have to worry about it as much yeah
0: not as many long rebounds when it goes uh, through the net um they will play another game before we before we record again they will play on on saturday uh back home against texas a&m a&m i think they're a better team potentially than arkansas their efficiency ratings don't reflect it quite yet they are 13 and 2 on the season 2 and 0 already in sec play that's pretty surprising uh 65th in campom 83rd on offense 60th on defense and just complete opposite offensively from arkansas they are one of the very best three-point shooting teams in the country, 14th out of all Division I teams.
1: Very slow tempo.
0: Yep. So we're going to get to see uh, how Missouri handles just back-to-back games against completely different styles of offense. You know, it's
1: one of the most frustrating things, uh, uh, other than the other team getting, like, an offensive rebound and, like, a putback or something, uh, is when a team uses the entire shot clock and then just, like, drills a three at the end of it. Like, I feel like Texas a and We're going to see that a couple times from them because they, I don't know, they really grind it out.
0: Yeah, they have a uh, guard named Andre Gordon who is shooting. He doesn't have, he's not really a volume shooter. They probably need to get him more looks because he is shooting 54% from three on 43 attempts.
1: Clay Thompson over here.
0: Seriously. And uh, welcome back, Clay Thompson. Welcome back. Um, then they have another guard, uh, he's kind of a wing player. He's six, five named, uh, Quentin Jackson, not Quentin rampage. Jackson from the UFC, <laughs> oh, Thanks um, for the distinction. Yeah. This is a different person. Uh, he's shooting 41% from three on 49 attempts. Um, they're one of their point guards. They're their, their backup point guard, Wade Taylor shooting 42% from three. They're just like all of their guards shoot it well.
1: I don't know. They don't, how does a coach get his players to shoot well? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I, I oh, don't. man, a, what a great coach. They shoot threes well. Yeah. How I did mean, you get him to do that? I have to ask Buzz Williams. I guess. Maybe we'll get him on the show and ask him, hey,
0: coach, how do you get your players to shoot threes? Good. Does he still wear his little vests? I don't know. We'll have to find I wanna,
1: out. I want to see him sporting a little vest in Missouri Arena.
0: Yeah, he's not as uh, entertaining to watch. Uh, I feel like in Texas A and M colors, as he was in like the blue and yellow of Marquette. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to figure out how fiery little guy. Yeah, Missouri's back at home. Yeah, they got a little something special going on on their home court. I think.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I'll, I'll say they lose to Arkansas by 12. Give me 76 to whatever 12 minus 76 is.
0: Twelve minus seventy six. Missouri's gonna score
1: negative <laughs> fifty eight <laughs> points. Give me seventy six to sixty four okay. for the Arkansas game. I think they're gonna win against AM and I think they're gonna figure out how to play three point defense. And I think they'll win by three against AM. Give me a, like a sixty three to sixty. Wow. Okay.
0: I think I'm with you on AM. I think the Arkansas game will be a little bit worse final score than that.
1: You hope to win against AM?
0: Yeah, I think I'll go with you there. Back at home, right? That same court where you beat Alabama, mm. just do it again. Do it again. Do the same thing. um Trying to figure out if there's any just real big red flags. um One good thing about Texas A&M is they give up a lot of offensive rebounds, so we may be looking at some second chance opportunities for Kobe Brown territories. Yeah, exactly.
1: Kobe's gonna have thirty rebounds.
0: Uh, but they also have the ninth best defense in turnovers, forcing turnovers. So that's not ideal.
1: That's brutal.
0: We'll see how it goes. I have a feeling um, they're going to knock down some shots, but maybe yeah. Missouri can hold them to, you know, if, if Missouri can hold Texas A&M to, like, 75-ish points, then I think Missouri can be right there with them.
1: I feel like that would be a pretty high-scoring game for A&M. Yeah.
0: They've been looking okay. I mean, they beat Arkansas 86-81. to But that's just because...
1: They've really uh, improved.
0: Threes are worth more than twos. That's true. All right. So, very very easily could be two losses, but um, I'm really hoping they'll keep the home... uh, home court magic alive against texas a&m um is that all for this week i think so one thing i forgot to mention um part of the reason we're recording at a weird time obviously we had a delay last week but this weekend is the tournament of champions the best i'm just gonna say it the best high school basketball tournament <sighs> in the country that's bold right here in springfield missouri hosted by bass pro we're gonna be there uh we're gonna be covering it we're gonna do a um tournament preview uh, episode. We're going to record that right after this. And then uh, after the tournament we'll do a wrap up episode separate from the normal podcast um, but it would be right there in, your, in the normal feed. So if you're interested in a little bit of high school basketball, some of the best teams in the country will be there. Um, LeBron James Jr. ever heard LeBronny. of him? Wow. Bronny James will um, be there. He's probably like the fourth
1: best player that's going to be there. We're going to interview him like all right what do you think of mizzou Conzo martin <laughs> ever heard play of him? for him interested <laughs> high character guy come on to columbia yeah if you if you think you're tough
0: yeah just play wait f- play for Conzo. Yeah. oh yeah um yeah so check that out if you're interested there's uh, a lot of big name recruits and uh we'll we'll tell you who to watch in that uh other than that Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above, Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy J.D., Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, and Tyler Harsel.
1: Thank you, gentlemen. We love you. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter, at Sports Pod, And you can email us at missourisportspod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop,
0: MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you everyone for listening. We will (coughs) see you next week.